Welcome to the True Vine Podcast. Wherever you are listening, we hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and brings perspective that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. The Gospel according to John chapter 6. Two verses I'll read in your hearing, then you can be seated. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. This is my key sentence here, verse 2. And a great multitude followed him because, porque, somebody shout because, they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. And a great multitude followed him. What's conspicuously missing there is the word why. They answer it without you asking. Because they saw his miracles which he did on them that were diseased. I'm going to preach to you on this subject matter. I'm going to help you. Living between the miracles. Living between the miracles. Heavenly Father, I come again humbly excited and anointed to bring a word to your wonderful people. Those that are online, that's a part of our lives, and those that sit here today, that a prophetic, profound revelation will be in our lives and mind. Let me move in the Holy Ghost, God. I pray no distractions. Let us sit still. Let us not come and go freely. But I pray that you would honor our attention to your word. In Jesus' name I pray. If you agree, would you shout amen? Amen. 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 God bless you for standing this morning. You may be seated. Living between the miracles. Question that I would propose to you folks this morning is, how many miracles did Jesus perform? Greek Bible scholars say at maximum there were 53 That's because there were 53 primary events recorded in the Gospels. But many of those events occurred on the same day. So if you count the actual days involved, the scholars believe that it's somewhere between 23 and 27 days of miracles. Let's just settle for conversation's sake on 25. So in Jesus' 33 and a half years, he would have averaged one miracle once every 489 days. If you calculate the days of his earthly ministry, three and a half, 3.5, that number would be an average miracle once every 51 days. And what if you follow Jesus between that day one and day 51? What if you follow Jesus on day two in the average and you quit following him on day 50? I conclude you would have seen no miracles. The majority of his time was not performing miracles. So what happens between the miracles? How did the early church make it after the ascension? Approximately 60 years between the ascension and the last Testament book, New Testament book. We pick up and we find John on the Isle of Patmos. Many signs and wonders were performed in the Gospels, through the epistles, 
Now, John, somewhere on an Isle of Patmos, the real behind the story narrative is because he wouldn't burn up in oil. So they put him somewhere just to rot away. As time began to lapse, I noticed in my study, Brother Foster, that the miracles begin to wane. Again, Jesus' ministry once every 51 days. If you're just a church hopper and a church goer, you happen to pop in on day one and day 51, you'd think, "Woo, Jesus is powerful. And you don't show up for the other 49 days. But that's not real life. I studied and I thought and I realized that some of the most great and prominent people in the scripture did not even do any miracles. John the Baptist was actually one of them. Gospel of John 10, 41. And many people came to him. They said, John never did any miracle, miraculous signs. But everything John said about this man is true. I think we can conclude that though if they fully, truly followed John, they would follow Jesus. You see, I think the takeaway of the apostolic church, it's about the people. It's about their stories. It's about what Jesus did for them. It's about a relationship. And so my question that begs to be asked to you this morning is, how do you live for God with no miracles? What if God doesn't show up in the miraculous? What if you have a need and you saw something in your early days of your relationship with God and you've been praying for the second miracle or another miracle and it hasn't happened yet? How do you live between the miracles? Is he still God? Is he still true? Is he still powerful? Is he still relevant? I say the answer to that is yes. And so if I'm living between the miracles, as was John the Baptist, my friend, it's my relationship with God. The miraculous is a plus. The miracles are great things, and we all pray for miracles. But if my miracle doesn't transition and come to fruition, what is my relationship with God in light of me never seeing or experiencing the miraculous? I understand we're apostolic. I pastor a 21st century Pentecostal church. I believe in the gifts of the Spirit. I believe in the word of prophecy. I believe in a word of knowledge. I believe in a word of healing. I believe in the prophetic. The prophetic is something that is being foretold in the future that you can't validate right now. And what connects you to the prophetic word is your faith. But what if your, the faith doesn't get you as far as you need to go and your miracle has not shown up yet or your word of encouragement? What I'm doing is I'm preparing us for revival with Brother Tim Green as he's coming to speak to the church. Hey, Lord, give me a word. Lord, speak into my life. But what if he doesn't speak into my life in August? Then you know what? He's still a God, Brother Foster. And I conclude that somebody needed a word more than me in their position in life. I don't need a miracle by chance. I need a relationship relationship with God. And when I have a relationship with God and when I'm pure and when I'm holy, then the supernatural takes place. Then I see the miraculous. Then I show what God is doing. That's how I live between the miracles. We live in America. My time in Costa Rica and the intensity but the foster, the craving to see God do something is different than America. And I know there's other countries. A lot of you are from other countries also. And you can validate my point here that the hunger to see the miraculous is escalated 
compared to the hunger or the lack of hunger in the United States. So since I live in the United States and I am an American and I attend the American church, how in my life do I validate the miracles that I have not seen or the miracles that I'm expecting to receive from God? Again, I told you last week in an altar call, I pray for my finger. I've had three hand surgeries on two hands, two hand, two surgeries on the left hand, and the left hand is starting to curve in a little bit. Brother Foster, I'm praying for a miracle that God would straighten this out because I tell God, that don't sound right, does it? I submit to God. God, if you would just straighten my finger, the whole Temecula Valley would come to Truvine Pentecostal Church and hear about this great miracle. But I still preach about it. What are you doing? I'm living between the miracles. So in my head and in my psychic or even from the enemy, what if God doesn't heal your little pinky finger? You know what? Like the boys in the fiery furnace. If he delivers me, good idea. If he doesn't deliver me, then he still is God. Why? I don't need a miracle to validate that there's a God. Come on, somebody. He's done enough things for me. I believe my miracle will come. So that's how I live between the miracles. What if you say, well, between the miracles, that gives an impression, an implication, there's already been a miracle. What if I've never seen a miracle? Just hang around, baby. Because this is an apostolic church. We have been birthed from the book of Acts. Mark 16 and 17. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, I shall speak to these things. In my name, and these things shall happen. In my name. You are in an apostolic, spirit-filled, tongue-talking, Holy Ghost church that this book is still relevant and every promise is true and nothing is extinct, saith the Lord of hosts. How? Ah! So as back the people in the day, I conclude after my study and time with God. It was about their stories and with what Jesus did for them. What if God doesn't show up in the miraculous in your life? That's kind of a big question that boggles my little human mind. What if he doesn't show up and straighten your little finger What if by chance, dear God, don't let it be so in the name of Jesus, you have to have a third surgery on your left hand on the same finger. This is a little rebellious, stubborn finger that needs a or subjection to the word of God and the things of God and the power of God. But what if it doesn't? Then I'll tell you what I do. I still live godly. I still live holy. I'm steadfastly until he comes. Because i got to understand, if I'm just living for the miracles, the Bible says in my opening text that they followed Jesus because, because what? He was doing miracles, and he was healing folks, and he was performing the miraculous. So that arrested their attention. They thought something was cool about this. Maybe they needed a miracle. Maybe they wanted to watch someone get a miracle. Maybe just thought there was a wow and cool factor. I think as I read in my head and I think about people following Jesus with miracles, it's kind of like something happening in your neighborhood or there's an accident or there's police and there's helicopters. We all run out there to see what's happening. There's something about that that draws people and bystanders. 
And I think a little bit as he was ministering, that was drawing people. They were getting, remember, it's the gospels. He's just getting going. His ministry is just getting traction. And so there's thousands of people that followed him. One writer in the account says 5,000, Bible plus the women and children. Some say 5,000, some say X amount of thousand. But the point is something got their attention. And I think it was the miraculous because they had not seen that before. And so if I'm between my miracle, if I'm waiting for the next great miraculous thing to happen, then I have to live godly, as I said. If I'm going to position myself, I have to be holy. If I'm going to align myself with the word of God and the potential of God, I have to be steadfast until he comes. What does that mean in plain English? Break it down. It means I'm still coming on a Sunday even though I need a miracle. I'm still living holy and godly even though I haven't been healed. I'm still showing up on a prayer night on a Friday and saying, hey, God is true. God is real. The Bible is true. He's performing miracles. What am I doing? I'm living between my miracles, and I believe mine is still en route. What's the opposite alternative? I don't believe. I take an off-ramp to God's promises that leads me down into a neighborhood of darkness and despair. And and when I get surrounded by that, I promise you, my friend, you're not going to see your miracle if you take that off-ramp. So what do you do? I say, hey, we're staying in tune with God. We're still living for God. We're still going down the road. At some point, a miracle merges into my lane. I've kept myself holy. Can I just help you here as we get into the Brother Green revival? You see... Prophetic words will go forth. I'm positive. I know his ministry. We've talked. He's praying. He's seeking God for us. Not for a church. For this church. And so August 14th, that Sunday through Wednesday, there's going to be a move in the spirit. I'm preaching this early on purpose to get us ready. To maximize our time with God. And that the man of God that works in that giftedness in that area can flow freely without hindrances. The Bible says in the writings that he did not many miracles because of their what? Unbelief. Unbelief. So I have an obligation as a pastor to get us to a position of belief. We're not believing in a man. We preach that. We're believing in that what God told him, when he speaks to me, I'm going to receive it and see it. And so he's going to give prophetic words to people. Okay? If you've never been in that kind of service, it's not scary. It's not spooky. Nobody gets called out. Nobody's embarrassed. Nothing like that. But I want us to come August 14th as what I'm coming. Lord, give me a word. What thus saith thee into my life? Make sure I get it, Lord. But if I don't get a word, Brother Tony, maybe somebody else needs to hear from God to validate something that's in a situation that they need. The point of the prophetic word is, in Scripture, there was immediate miracles, and there were some that was a progression. And immediately they were made whole. And she touched the hem of his garment, and virtue flowed, and she was made whole. There's a host of other miracles that people were living between that was not immediate. 
de repente, was not. Was not suddenly. So how did they leave Jesus and go home and still capture the miracle? At that point, they're living between the miracle. What you have to make sure is, that's what I'm getting at, you have to make sure when the spoken word is given over you and God's word is true, that you have to continue living for God in a holy and godly manner because you could thwart, you could torpedo the prophecy if I drift off of my relationship from God. God's not going to honor a prophecy if I've stepped out of harmony with him, I've stepped out of alignment and started doing something else. His prophecy is not going to make it into darkness. So if you've had a prophetic word over you, if you've had miracles prophesied in your life and you haven't seen it yet, first thing I do to come clean, Brother Foster, God, am I still walking in harmony and according to the spirit and not after the flesh? How's my attitude? How's my spirit? How's my relationship with you? Are those thwarting or hindering or obstructioning, obstructing the miracles in my life? The answer could be maybe. Talibes, it's possible, it's possible. That if you're not careful, a little attitude, I'm going to say this, could delay the miracle, could delay the healing, could delay the prophetic word. So to make sure, as I say here, that that doesn't happen, I have to live godly, I have to be holy, I have to be steadfast until he comes. So what am I doing? I'm doing a little bit of teaching right now. I understand that because August 14th is coming. I think in my head it's probably three Sundays from today maybe. And we got to be ready. And we got to continually walk after the spirit and not the flesh. And the apostle Paul, watch the apostle Paul. I'm going to talk about miracles. He worked, he was a tent maker for three years in Ephesus. Acts 18 and 3. They were tent makers, the same as Paul. So he stayed with them and worked with them. While he is working as a tent maker, he's making disciples and sharing Christ. No miracles. No fire from heaven. No spookiness. No weird stuff. He just made tents. In fact, he made more tents than miracles he saw. He made more tents than miracles he performed. What are you saying, my friend? I'm simply saying that God is coming, and he's using you to influence the people around you. In the course between your miracles or the gap between your revelation and the miraculous, you still got to be living godly. You got to be living holy. You got to be making disciples. You got to be telling people about Jesus. That's exactly what John the Baptist did. He was the forerunner, and if they would have followed John the Baptist, the implication is they would have followed Jesus. So if we just lay that grid on top of your life, if they're following you, would they follow Jesus? If they're wanting more of Jesus, are they getting that from your lifestyle? Well, no, I'm going to start doing everything right when I see my miracle. No, 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 that's not scriptural. It's more like this. I'm going to do everything right even if I don't see a miracle. Again, 51 days, Jesus' earthly ministry average was a miracle. How do the people, and, and here's the thing, Jesus is traveling, so he's not in a stagnant location 
like we have here. We come here. He's traveling and meandering around the city and around the villages and around the walkways. And maybe you're by Jesus today and you don't see him the rest of your life. So the people, again, that saw him on day two and day 50, as far as my illustration, do they even know there's miracles available? It's kind of like someone said, I don't know what I don't know. If I don't know there are miracles available, then I don't know there are miracles. I only know what I'm exposed to. I only know what I see. I only know what someone told me. So people coming to God cannot be dependent on fire falling from heaven. It's got to be a relationship that you have, that you are sharing Jesus, and God is doing a work in your life, and then that's when the supernatural begins to take place. And the more you walk after the Spirit, and the more you share and make disciples, the more God is closer to you, and your relationship with God becomes one. And then that's when God begins to lean into your life. Maybe in some cases to validate, to bring faith to your life. And I know we've all had miracles. So I'm saying living between the miracles does not mean there's one or two miracles in my life. Maybe you've had four or five. Maybe you've seen several. Maybe you experienced a lot of things. But what if you just ratchet down so tight and say, I've never seen a miracle. I've never had a miracle in my life. So the question I have to ask, do you think God still exists? Or is he tethered only to miracles? And if I see no miracle, there is no God. Uh, again, I want to make sure you understand. I believe in the supernatural. I believe in miraculous healing. But I can't get stuck there in totality that I begin to question how great God is if I don't get a miracle. I'm talking about balanced living. I'm talking about balanced faith. I'm talking about consistency. Living for God. Even without my miracle. Even without a spoken word. It's very possible that you could come during the revival and not get a spoken word from God. Does that mean there is no God? No. But I'm going to leave the revival, Brother Father, say, man... That was some good stuff. Man, I was on holy ground. That place was rocking. God met a lot of people. Did he meet you? Yes, he did meet me, actually, now that you ask. I felt his presence. I cried. I was prayed for. I feel clean. I feel holier. Thank God for revival. What does revival do? It revives my relationship, my standards, my commitment, back to the original settings that it was when I first fell in love with Jesus. Mm, that's good preaching, somebody. Fire from heaven. Once in 1,500 years of history. If my walk is depending on God showing up in miracles weekly, I'm going to be disappointed. If God doesn't send you a miracle... Will you last in your quest to live and do something for God? I guess what I'm trying to say to help this church is your punch card cannot be when I get a miracle, then I believe in God. When I'm made whole, then I'm going to believe that oil stuff works. When I'm made whole and restored, then I'm going to believe what James said in chapter 5. Okay, now it's legit. Why? Because it happened to you. What if it doesn't happen to you? 
You see, that's where our faith comes in in our relationship with God. This is a walk of faith. It's a relationship of faith. Faith is the evidence of things not seen, but things that are hoped for. I don't see this, but I believe it. I don't feel it, but it's going to happen. I know God's big. I'm little. Someday he knows. What do you do in the meantime? My faith says I get up on Sunday morning and I dress holy and I come to the house of the Lord. My faith says I get up and I go to work on Monday morning when there are no Pentecostals and I still look holy. I feel like Matthew Turner just said, okay, I'm sorry. I'm, uh, this is my first time. If you didn't like that one, this is my first time. So yes, what we have to do, I got to help us here because I'm, I'm expecting the revival, the revival, excuse me, to just blow some things apart. And in some of your lives, some things need to be blown apart so you can rebuild them. And you're going to maximize your experience and relationship with God in the revival if you can get this straight. And as you pray for God to send you a miracle, as you pray for God to give me a prophetic word, as you pray for God, I I need this. I I want you to pray for this. Let me refocus your attention. Pray to be useful. Pray to be spiritual. Pray to be available. And if you'll do that, you will see the miraculous. You will experience miracles. You will get a word from God. But you've got to zoom back out and refocus. You know, I'm going to be useful. I'm going to be spiritual. I'm going to be available. And when I position myself and I align myself with the things of God, then I'm in alignment for a miracle, a prophetic word, the supernatural. Then these things that follow them, yes, then I'm one of them and I can do those things. But if you're trying to get the good stuff, and I'm going to say not put in the work, Come on, you could be a. I'm looking for some new words right now because this is my first time. You can buy a medium shirt, but if you don't get down to the gym and get on that treadmill, that medium shirt is never going on your body. You could buy. A 32-inch waist. But you're never getting that over your left leg if you don't get busy and do something. I feel like I feel unfair because I feel like I'm blessing Ron Dorval more than anybody else. That just doesn't seem like equality to me. What are you saying, Pastor? If you're going to hear from God in the supernatural and you're going to work in that as an apostolic Pentecostal, you've got to be useful. You've got to be spiritual. And then for God and this local church and this assembly, you have to be available. You can't just sing the song, if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Take my heart, Lord, take my soul. Da, 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 da. No, 
get your carcass out of the house, get down to church at 9 a.m. on a Sunday morning, help sweep the parking lot, help wipe the tables down, help vacuum the Spanish church, get in here and get your praise on. What are you doing? You're available. So if you're available, now God's available for you because the relationship is reciprocal, but it starts with me. I'm taking the first step. I'm pushing forward. I'm going to be useful. I'm going to be spiritual. I'm going to be available. And God says, bam, there you are. You've honored my word. You've honored my commandments. And now I can move in your life and I can bring the supernatural because you did what you're supposed to do. Message title, Living Between the Miracles. So if you're going to be fruitful, you're going to have to stand in the middle of the storm. You'll need to stand in the rain between the raindrops. You'll need to live between the miracles. What's going to make a difference for God? Telling and living the story of God's power on a daily basis. Basis. Prayer and craving the supernatural alone with God. Calling down fire? Once. Impressive? Yes. Ongoing lifestyle? No. As I close this morning, I want you to pay close attention to me. I'm giving us three weeks to gather our spiritual thoughts. God, do I need a word from you in this revival? Am I deficient in an area that I've been praying for? Is there hidden sin in my life? Is there areas that I struggle with that I've told not nobody? And I'm wanting to see the supernatural? Maybe the takeaway from my message this morning is I have to align myself with the supernatural. He did not many miracles because lack of Unbelief, faith. They followed him because of the miracles. So when the miracles cease, you don't follow. Gospel of John chapter 6, same chapter. I pick up in verse 60, therefore... Many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, this is a hard saying. Who can understand it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this, he said to them, does this offend you? What then if ye shall see the Son of Man ascend where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit in our life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe 
and who would betray him. I'm still reading the scripture, verse 65. And he said, Therefore I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has began, been granted to him by my Father. Now verse 66 and verse 67 of John 6 is really, Brother Foster, my whole takeaway. My closing thoughts. After his teachings, he picks up in verse 66, from that time many of his disciples, not apostles, disciples went back. Watch me now. And walked with him no more. Hey, the, hey, what's that little cool trick of the fishes of loaves and bread? Hey, hey, you going to do that again? No? What about that little boy that couldn't hear? You, are you going to do that little? That was cool. Huh. What, what about that lady that touched your clothes? Can I touch your clothes? Oh, that don't work right now. After the miracles, after all the fluff and candy, Jesus gives them some meat now. They have been raised on the fluff. They have been raised on the excitement, the emotions, the energy of the crowd. Now he's telling them, hey, you need to do this, this, and this. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Disciples are followers of Jesus. I'm not talking about the 12 apostles. Those guys were committed. Verse 67, and Jesus said to the 12, the apostles, do you want to also go away? And Peter kind of establishes himself here, and he simply says, no, Lord. Where would we go? What, what other options are there? We have no place to go. But many disciples followed him not. So what happened between the last miracle they saw and the spoken words of Jesus that caused them to conclude, I'm out of here? I conclude it was just the miracles. So to prevent me, Brother Foster, from being like a disciple in the Gospels of John, I'm going to be like an apostle. Hey, Tom Durant, if I don't heal your little crybaby finger, are you still going to preach? Well, yeah, Lord. I could preach with a bent finger. If I don't answer your prayer when you think I should or how I think I should, or if I even don't, that's kind of hard words, God. That's what he said. And the words were hard, and they followed him not. You see, what is hard to me is what could offend me. That's hard to take. Or if Jesus addresses me or the Spirit just gets on me and takes me to task. Ah, you're mean. No, you only think it's mean because you're in trouble right now. This is a moment. Look at who I am. I don't get on you every day. But when I need to speak to you and change some things to bring you the miraculous, 
Will you receive it? That's when a host of them said, "Mm, can't do it, man. And they went back. And seemingly, with my studies for the foster, they appear nowhere in the scripture, forever vanished out of the Bible. Because the miracles were waning. And Jesus said, hey, your insides are like dead men. Why did sepulcher? Woe to you. That hurts. Woe to me? Yes, woe to you. So I'm trying to help us. I'm trying to get us ready. That when God steps in, in this revival, that we are all acutely aware, purified, sanctified. Next Sunday, I'm going to ask you to pick some days and help us fast. Okay? Some things only come out by prayer and fasting. One old timer in our organization said, hey, I'll tell you what, you fast, I'll pray. He was a big guy. He's no longer with us, God rest his soul. But he might have struggled with fasting. Hey, I'll do the praying, you do the fasting, Brother Foster, okay? We got a deal? All right, you got it. Brother Foster's going to fast for me. I'm, I think I want to do a four-day fast, okay? And I want to start in the morning. What say ye? I'm going to ask you next week, hey, think about what you could fast. Just think in your head, you know what? I don't want to overcommit. I'm not, I'm not an overachiever, but I think I could do 10 minutes a day. I could do 15 minutes a day. I could do five in the morning. I could do five before I go to bed. I want us to log some prayer time and fast meals. What are you doing? I'm just getting us ready for the supernatural. And some of you are living between a miracle and miracles. And on August the 14th, 15th, 16th, 17th, your next mile marker of a miracle, I speak this with a prophetic word. You're going to step into that mile marker and you're going to pass it. I want you to hear me. I'm flowing in the spirit right now. You're going to pass that mile marker and that's what you've been waiting to hear from God. But in order for you to pass that mile marker, you've got to get yourself ready. I got to be thinking about the relationship. I got to be thinking about the miracle. I got to be thinking about the supernatural. I got to be thinking about some prayer time. I got to figure out, I got to figure out what meals I'm going to push back on. I got to figure this out because if I bring myself holy and pure, August the 14th, I'm in four spiritual environments to have an encounter. And my pastoral obligation is to get you ready and prepared so that nothing can thwart that supernatural encounter. So if you need something from God, I'm saying let's get ready. Let's get our mind on Jesus. Let's get focused on August 14th. Clear your calendars. And let's not let God think we're too busy. If you have to come from work here and you're in work clothes, I care not. If you have to eat after service, you do what you got to do. 
You got to eat a granola bar on the 91 because you're coming straight here. Eat three of them. But get the church. And if you'll get to church and your spirit and heart has already been prepared, you're going to feel and see and hear the supernatural. I'm speaking prophetically into your life. So God's telling me. So I'm telling God, yes, we can do this. I believe this. We are ready, God. Speak to me, God. Okay, well, I'm going to let you in. Then I'm going to close. God, speak to me what building you have. Speak, thy servant listens, thy servant heareth. It's out there. I need to know where, God. So I've got to get myself with the door lined up that I can hear God's voice. What if he don't speak that to you in the revival? Revival's the 14th, 15th, 16th, 17th. Then on the 18th, I'm still going to pray the prayer. Why? Oh, where would I go? I feel like Peter. Did he tell you what bill? You guys could ask me, hey, Wednesday night after church. Hey, pastor, where's the building? Yeah, I don't know. Or maybe I tell you. But we're still marching on. I'm still living holy. I'm still making myself available. I'm still going to be spiritual. Amen. Let's stand this morning. Could you with me, please? Living between the miracles. I'm going to pray for us. If there's anything in your life, hear me. Next week, I'm going to bless your finances. Okay? Recap. Bring something that we could literally anoint. Maybe debit card is the easiest thing. doesn't matter. But this week... I want you to start getting your hearts ready. Three weeks of intentional adjusting to hear the voice of God. Here's my prayer today, and we're going to conclude. If you need a touch from God to kind of refocus and reset you for the next three weeks, come, let us anoint you. Let us speed up the process of focus. That's my prayer this morning. If you need prayer for anything, come. But let me pray. Heavenly Father, I have spoken the word to the body of Christ that I pastor. I have shared our conversation. I have tried to inspire and bring hope. And I pray now, God, for the next three weeks as we align ourselves as a church, we align ourselves as husbands and wives and adults, that we would walk humbly after the Spirit and love mercy, and love thy God, and prepare us for a prophetic word from God. Speak into marriages. Speak into bodies. Speak into blood reports. Speak into relationships. I anoint everyone that comes down here, God, as we anoint them with oil. Let it transfer the power and the anointing that I have preached about. Let everybody be free. Let everybody walk in the spirit. I command it and I release it in the name of Jesus unto the Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. You can visit our website or church app if you would like to give. And if you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe, 
like and share it with your friends and tag us on social media because we want to witness with you what God is doing in your life. Thank you and God bless.